And so when I'd have performance conversations with, with my CEO, um, you know, I'd raise this regularly and I'd say to him, you know, I'm ready and, and you know, what's happening and why not? And he would tell me each time, you know, you need to be networking more. And I would just completely dismiss that um, because in my head, networking was really for people. You know, it sounds crazy when I say it now, but it almost sounds like it's, it was almost for people who were cheating. Not, I don't mean che- cheating in the literal term, but it's like they hadn't put the hours in. They didn't have the goods and they were kind of networking as an alternative to, you know, to actually delivering. your head down, nose to the grindstone, work hard, people will notice you, they'll understand how hard you work. Or so my guests for today thought. Join me with Dawn Lean from Lean and Power as she talked to us about her, her reservations about networking, why she didn't do it, why she didn't think it was necessary, until one day somebody pointed out that nobody knew her and nobody knew why they should trust her. And there in May, when Dawn started to network and understood the value of it to her career, and listen in to find out where her business comes from today. The power of network, Dawn. Okay, so I guess going back over the years, my career has been across a couple of disparate uh, areas. So it's not hasn't been a straight trajectory, but I guess the one common thing, the one common thread through everything that I've done, has been that I've worked with people. So I've worked in recruitment, I have worked in training and development and education, and I've worked in HR. So a lot of roles over the years, um, linking to people, to helping people develop, to empowering people, and um, helping people progress their careers in one way or another. My last corporate role before I set up my own business was um, my title was Director of People and Resources, which was HR Director and all the other things that nobody else wanted to do or didn't have a logical place anywhere else in the organisation. So it was a great role, but it was a very wide ranging role. And when you were in that role, describe a little bit about the networking you did or didn't do or how aware were you of networking? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I came to networking, I suppose, very late in my career. So um, networking was something that I always had, trying to find the right word here, I probably always had a kind of a distaste for it, if that doesn't sound like an odd term. And I think that was primarily for two reasons. So first of all, I'm an introvert. And, you know, for me, the idea of walking into a room full of people that I don't know or didn't know would have made my blood run cold and it still would. And I think the difference now is that I can do it, but I still don't feel necessarily, um, I still feel that anxiety going into that situation. And the other reason, and I think this happens a lot with women was that I really felt that my work ought to speak for itself. So that if you turn up and you do a really good job and you get really good output, you know, you wait for the tap on the shoulder or you wait to be noticed and you wait for the opportunity to be presented to you. And of course, that's not the way it works. And it took me quite a long time, I guess, to realize that. So I had reached a stage where I I had my career sort of plateaued. Um, I was working as part of a senior management team, but I didn't have the same title. 
as other people on the team. So I didn't have the director title, but I had the same degree of responsibility and autonomy. Um, I just wasn't at that level. And so when I'd have performance conversations with, with my CEO, um, you know, I'd raise this regularly and I'd say to him, you know, I'm ready and, you know, what's happening and why not? And he would tell me each time, you know, you need to be networking more. And I would just completely dismiss that um, because in my head, networking was really for people. You know, it sounds crazy when I say it now, but it almost sounds like it's, it was almost for people who were cheating. Not, I don't mean che cheating in the literal term, but it's like they hadn't put the hours in. They didn't have the goods and they were kind of networking as an alternative to, you know, to actually delivering. Um, and that was a kind of a, a strategy that a lot of people adopted. So they're very social creatures and they would have been at a lot of events and engagements. Um, and, you know, that was part of their career development path. And I just didn't see that for me at all. Um, so I kind of had that mental block that I had to get over. And, you know, he would say to me each time, you need to be networking more. And I would say to him, sure, that's great for you. You know, you're the CEO, like you've got everybody else doing stuff and you've time to go to conferences and you've time to go to dinners. You know, I haven't got time for that. And, you know, I don't kind of think I, I ought to do it. And so that was the way things were for, for a while. So the turning point, I guess, came, I would have had regularly, I would have presented to our board as the other directors would have. And there would have been, you know, lunch before or dinner, maybe the night before. There would have been lots of opportunities to engage with the board members. And my colleagues then would have, have been, as I would have been invited to actually sit through the entire board meeting, um, which was which could be four or five hours of duration. And my approach was um, I had time and I wasn't interested in going to any of the kind of activities around the board meeting. And um, during the board meeting, I would literally wait for, for the chief executive's PA to phone me and say, you're up now. And I'd, I'd rock up, I'd make my presentation, I'd answer any questions, I'd take the feedback and then I'd go back to work. And it just happened on one occasion that I was coming out of the meeting. I happened to be the last agenda item. And I was speaking to one of my colleagues and he said, are you coming down to lunch with the board? And I launched into, I'm far too busy and, you know, I've got other things to do. And, and he stopped and I, I can still like visualize this. We were on the stairs and he just cut me dead. And he said, you know something, Don? He said, you meet these people every couple of months and you're asking them to trust that the information you're giving them is correct, that your judgment is spot on. You're asking them to support you in different things and they don't know you and they don't know anything about you. And in business, trust is not easily won, but you do need trust. It's fundamental to everything. And that sounds very, you know, very obvious, but I had never really thought about networking in those terms before. To me, it had always been, I'd always envisaged handing out business cards, you know, it was almost like, you know, a craven sort of activity, you know, desperately trying to meet people and hook up with people. And I actually never thought about it in such simplistic terms that it's about letting people get to know you. It most certainly is. And that is really salient advice because we, you know, we say knowledge is power. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's who you know, but really it's who knows you and who knows what you know. And it is, and we talk about it in networking terms, it's that no like and trust factor. People have to know you. They have to get to like you. They cannot trust you without getting to know and like you. And it's that journey that you go on with people that they learn about you about your values and your beliefs what you stand for what you're an expert in what you're interested in where you'd like to go your ambitions your aspirations you've got to be able to talk about these to develop your career so did you go to the lunch 
I did. I did. And I'd love to say everything was super, but I went to the lunch and I literally, it was just put, I put one foot in front of the other. I thought, I'm not going to overthink this. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to walk in. But I had that, you know, it's funny you talk about likability. That was probably my concern. You know, I didn't mind letting people get to know me. Um, I didn't mind letting them understand what I stood for and what my values were. But there was always that kind of, whether you call it the inner critic or whatever that is, that was kind of, oh my God, what if they don't like me? You know, what if I sit down beside someone and they don't speak to me? Um, what if they're having a conversation that's like way above my head and I'm not, I'm not, I can't weigh into the conversation. And I sort of had all of this narrative running. But I went and I had my lunch and I sat down and you know what? It was the most benign conversation, you know, people talking about their kids or their dogs or their holidays. Um, and it was that connecting very much on a personal level. So I'd love to say it got easier for me. It didn't. Um, it didn't really. And I still feel a lot of anxiety, but I know the value of it because I made myself do it. Um, I pushed myself into those situations and within a few months I had got everything that I asked for and I had changed nothing else absolutely nothing else in terms of how I worked so that getting known and getting liked and trusted led to you getting your title which was warranted for what you were doing and what you were producing for the company so what was next and what has networking done for you since then and so two prime question what has networking done for you since then and give some tips and advice around how people can deal with because I think a lot of women have it but also a lot of men have it and the inner critic is a human affliction so how do people deal with their inner critic yeah, um, and I guess that, that there's, there's a lot in that. So I suppose the next thing that happened for me, which, which was, you know, a kind of, if you believe in karma, I came across a book um, by Keith Ferrazzi and it was, you know, Never Eat Alone. Um, and I don't know if you've read it, but it's a, it's an older book, but it's a fantastic book. Like he's very full on and I wouldn't necessarily take his exact approach, but he talks a lot about having to reframe, you know, he talks about having to get, to, to understand that networking is not like it's not a dirty word it's not a, you know it's not something that's unpleasant um you know it's it's he talks very much about that letting people get to know you you know making those connections but authentic connections so not just you know connecting with people for the sake of it because of their position or because they might be able to help you it's it's very much the human and the personal connection and so he would talk about things like you know maybe who in your gym do you you know do you speak with do you know what these people do or you know if your kids are playing soccer do you know what the other parents do you know if you can if you can anchor it in something that's real and genuine it's it's going to be a much better relationship so I think that was kind of the next thing and and my reframe because I still I guess that the idea of networking still is a trigger for me in some ways I still struggle a little bit with, with the word networking. And so I reframe it and I think of it as building my coalition. So, you know, I'm building out a coalition of people who can help me, who can support me and who I can do the same for. Um, so, you know, that kind of rule of reciprocity is very important to me. So it's not just about what you take from your network. Um, and it's, it's for me, I always start with what can I give? How can I help? Who can I help? What can I do? And then it makes it... From a values perspective, it makes it much easier for me to ask for what I need when I need it, because I, I feel then, I, you know, I, I'm doing a lot for other people and it's OK to ask myself rather than some people will just ask all the time and not necessarily give something back. And those kind of relationships don't last very long. So, 
I think in, in networking, there are very clear values of people who take and people who give, but the people who learn to give. And the way I would describe it is, how can I help you is not just a question that you can verbalize and say, how can I help you? It's actually a mindset that if you are open and interested in learning about other people and you frame it as how can I, what can I learn about this person that I have a tick, how, what motivates them, what their aspiration, what success is going to look like for them. I, I do what I call it, like I create a digital Rolodex on people and I store this information, but I do it from a mindset of going, how can I help them? And sometimes I don't have that answer today, what may become apparent tomorrow, but I'm never going to know how to, unless I get to know, like, and trust them that I want to help them because we're not going to want to help everybody either. So it's building up, as you say, that coalition, that strategic alliance, that you are working strategically to build your network of people who can be there to support you and help you on your journey. So I'm going to track it forward to a few years ago, you decided to go out on your own and you set up a company called Lean Leaders. So take us from there and where has your career and your business gone from there and what role has networking played in that? Sure. So, so networking has been absolutely fundamental to, to driving the business. So I set up Lean Leaders as it's a leadership development, um, I suppose you'd call it a boutique organisation. So I work with lots of individuals and I work with lots of different organisations to help them develop leadership programmes or to help them develop their leadership style. So that was where the business started from. Um, and definitely networking was absolutely key to that success. So, you know, I, I would have described myself even, even back in corporate life for a lot of the time as an accidental networker. Um, so if I happened to be in a situation where somebody was and we connected, I'd follow up and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd build on that connection. But it was really when I was setting up my own business that I became, and you used the word strategy, you know, I became very strategic and very intentional about my network. So for me, in terms of my business, you know, and, and, and you know, you hear me say this all the time. It's not like it's not tins of beans. It's do you know what I mean. It's, it's not a product. I am the product. So when you're in the area where you're you know, delivering training or consultancy or coaching or whatever you're doing, people have to buy you. And in order to buy you, they have to know you. And it's back to that trust and that likability factor as well. So most of my in fact I'd say all of my business comes from introductions recommendations referrals and repeat business so you know google ads are not for me in terms of what I do uh, it's all about that personal recommendation and personal introduction so networking is key to that um, so in, in terms of how it's helped the business grow I've joined professional networks. So if you're like me, if you're an introvert, professional networks are fantastic. There's lots of different ones out there. And I know you, you talk about them and review them. So it's about finding the one or the ones that are the right fit for you. Each of them gives something different, but it makes it much easier if you've got someone there to facilitate that. And, um, you know, if there's a structure to it. So I find that definitely easier. And I find it's a great way of making those connections. Um, the other thing that I do, and and particularly over the last year when things have been so uncertain, is that I, I go through an exercise. And so when I deliver on this in, in terms of the work I do at women, I always take them through this exercise. Um, once or twice a year, I will 
get myself three or four hours to myself and I'll literally just do a brain dump. So for me, it's a mind map, whatever works for somebody. And I'll put down everybody in my network on it. Um, now, not everybody on my LinkedIn, but people that I'm engaged with in terms of my network. And then I categorize them. And I, I have different categories. So I look at who are the people who got lots of information or who are the people who give me a huge amount of personal support or who are the people who are really well connected? Who are the senior people? Who are the decision makers? Who are the people who introduce me? And I categorize people into those groups. And then I'll sit down and I'll say, okay, so what, what is it that I want to achieve in the next six months? And out of that list, who are the 20 people who are going to help me achieve that? And so I'll draw like a circle. I'll have those 20 names in the center. And that's where I'm going to invest 80% of my time in order to achieve what I want to do next. And then outside of that, it's like, well, who are the next 50 people who are generally very good and I work well with? And I need to, you know, keep those relationships, keep that simmering long. So I need to keep them engaged. I need to keep the connection with them. And then there's everybody else. And that's the way I do it. Um, and I find that really works for me because it focuses me on who are the people that I really, who, who in my network can really help? Because sometimes you're sitting there and you're stumped. Um, and you might be surprised it's, it's not necessarily the person who gives you the business, but it's often the person who will recommend you to other people for the business. So it's a, it's a good way of looking at it. And that has really helped me grow the business. That and is then some amazing advice. So if we were to bring this back, then, I mean, like, there, there's so many nuggets there to take from and so much to learn from because it is about being strategic and as you said networking is not a bad thing you can reframe it whatever way you want whether it's building a coalition building your tribe building your community but you have to be aware of what success looks like for you and you have to map back and track back how is this going to happen who do I need to know and build relationships with to reach my goals so if we bring it back down to someone in a career and you focus on a lot of leadership and training for particularly females in leadership positions or going into management positions, what advice do you give them about networking and how valuable is networking going to be for their careers? Yeah, so again, networking is absolutely crucial to them. And I find it happens generally with, with people who are introverted tend to be a little bit less uh, inclined to be strategic or to be intentional about networking. But I do find, particularly when I work with women through Lean Empower, you know, there's so much for women, particularly in corporate life, there's so much other stuff going on that they have to navigate that networking just doesn't even come onto the radar for so many of them. But it's like there's no point in being really, really great at what you do if nobody knows about it. Um, and so it is very much about I, I draw their attention to in all the training I do, I spend time talking about the concept of networking and really, really why it's so important. And I encourage them to do that exercise and to have a goal for themselves. So is their goal to be, you know, to be promoted to the next level? Is their goal to be approved for secondment or project or for training and development opportunities? Um, and they need to ask themselves, so who are the people both inside my organization and outside my, my organization that can help? Um, so, you know, really to, to target those. And I find if you're clear on that, it's almost like, the opportunities present themselves in some ways because you're more attuned to it and you know you know that person the other thing is to have a really strong introduction and particularly so um in a corporate environment and so i would always say to people be very clear about how you want to be represented when you're not in the room so you know it's a little bit about that kind of professional brand so 
if you're discussing me with someone else, Jean, where I can make sure that you're fully prepped and you know exactly how I want to be introduced and what I want to be known for or what I want to be, you know, perceived as an expert at. So, you know, you can you can leave that up to chance and you can find you're walking across the foyer one day and the CEO is talking to somebody who has great potential to impact your career. And they can go, well, here's Dawn, she's our HR director, or they can say, here's Dawn, this is what she does, this is the impact that she makes, this is what she's interested in. So you really have to work on how you want to be introduced, and then you have to use that every opportunity you get to introduce yourself, and then it makes it really easy for people when they are introducing you or when they're speaking about you and you're not in the room. enjoyed today's episode of the network me podcast please press subscribe if you haven't already done so each week we're going to be sharing reviews on networks and more tips and tricks hacks observations to help you increase your networking skills so you get that confidence that you desire if you know of somebody else who could benefit from learning please do forward on the podcast details to them we're going to have lots of great interviews coming up in the coming weeks so we look forward to sharing all of that with you and if you'd like to sign up to my newsletter it is at www.networkinggene.ie forward slash newsletter that's www.networkinggene.ie forward slash newsletter. See you same time, same place next week.